It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning Time to rise and shine, amigos. Welcome in to Sports 56 Mornings on this Thursday, October 12th, 2023. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. The world's biggest spa sale continues, but probably not for long. I have to imagine we're getting close to the end, so take advantage of it at Family Leisure. And, of course, you just heard East Memphis Ace Hardware, the first-hour sponsor of the program. we got a busy Thursday in the world of sports. A lot's going, lots going on. We'll talk about all of it on the program today. First of all, here's your weather. If you're up with us, getting ready to start your work day or bring the kids to school, whatever you're doing this morning, 61 degrees, cloudy skies. We're looking at a partly cloudy day with a high near 76, only 76 for a high. Tonight, a few clouds from time to time with a low of 61 degrees. Tomorrow, by the way, for Friday, intervals of clouds and sunshine, slight chance of rain, high of 83, and then a low in the 60s for the big Tigers two-lane football game at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. On the program today, in hour number one, We'll talk some Major League Baseball playoffs. Kerry Miller will join us from Bleacher Report at 7.45. At 8.05, we turn our attention to that Memphis Tulane football game. We'll hear from the voice of the Tulane Green Wave, Corey Glor. That'll be at 8.05. And then at 8.25, it's the Tigers football report. As Eli will break down all the X's and O's, all the Jimmys and Joes for this big, big, important American Conference game. Again, that'll be at 825. If you missed our interview with Ryan Silverfield, Tigers head football coach, that was yesterday, and we have it posted for you on the website, sportsmemphis.com. Just go to Featured Audio and check it out in case you missed it. Then we'll be busy for that final hour. It's the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour with Harold Grader. We will talk to the two coaches for the AutoZone Liberty Bowl High School All-Star Game, Cedric Miller from Mace, he'll coach the Red, and Slade Calhoun from Munford, he will coach the Blue. We'll hear from both those coaches, and of course, we'll have our world-famous pick six. Time permitting, we can slip in a phone call, of course, your text as well at 901-360-8255. That's the Sports 56 listener lines, 901-360-8255. Or you can message us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or on the website, sportsmemphis.com. we got the Grizzlies back in action tonight, preseason in Atlanta. One more Major League Baseball series still to go in the divisional round. We also have college football with a few more games tonight, so it is a busy, busy Thursday. Good morning to you, my friend. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Slept a lot better last night, which was good after the the night before not being able to sleep. So feel pretty good. Feel well-rested, ready to rock and roll. Yesterday was a lot of baseball. We'll touch on that now, and then we'll get into it hot and heavy when Kerry joins us. But three divisional round series in the books now. The American League is all set up, an all-Texas affair. It'll be the Astros who get into the American League Championship Series for the seventh straight year. I hate those guys, once uh, uttered by the uh, president of Faber College, Dean Warmer. 
I hate those guys. I hate those Astros. But you got to give it up to them. They are an incredible franchise. They beat the Twins yesterday 3-2 to in Minnesota to win that series 3-1. to And they will take on, as I mentioned, the Texas Rangers in the All-Texas Affair. Texas had already stamped their... Uh, their trip to the American League Championship Series as they blanked the Baltimore Orioles three games to none. They didn't even have to play yesterday. So, first of all, your thoughts on the Astros, their win over the Twins, and the Astros-Rangers Series, which will begin best of seven on Sunday. Well, the uh, newsflash, the Astros are good. Uh, they have uh, continued to do it. And it's, you know, they've, they've let some guys go like Carlos Correa leaves. They're able to replace them. They keep the train a rolling. And once again, uh, very good this year. And the, um, it'll be interesting to see this, obviously, in all Texas thing, but Bruce Bochy versus Dusty Baker. You got a couple of uh, old school guys, old school managers going head to head in this one. Um, the way Texas has mashed the baseball here in the postseason. Um, we'll see how it goes, but uh, it should be should be fun. Both both offenses are really really good, and you got two old school managers, so uh, it'll be, it should be a fun ALCS. Yeah, you're right about the Astros. Carlos Correa, they let him go. He's in Minnesota. George Springer was a big part of the Astros' run in Toronto. Verlander leaves, then comes back. It's just crazy what they're able to do consistently. But then they go out there, they get a Brayu. Brayu in a home run yesterday. He was great in the series. Brantley at a home run in the series. We know what Jordan Alvarez means to that team. But the, really, the heart and soul is Jose Altuve, who was hurt the first what couple months of the season. He was out. They didn't even have his services. And for a while there, you thought the Astros might not even make the playoffs all the way down to the final week. And here they are. Once again, back in familiar territory in the American League Championship Series. In the National League Championship Series, surprise, surprise, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they sweep the Los Angeles Dodgers three games to none. They win last night 4-2. They get the clinch in Phoenix. The Diamondbacks are a great story. Pretty much a bunch of no-names with the veteran Evan Longoria, but they have been on fire. Meanwhile, the Dodgers... One of the biggest disappointments in the postseason this year that you'll ever see. Now, I give them more of an excuse than I do the Braves if the if it's a big if the Braves lose to the Phillies because the Dodgers have had all issues, all kinds of issues with the pitching staff, from injuries to off the field issues. But as far as their hitting is concerned, for all those guys to basically come up empty is an incredible story within the story of Arizona winning. Yeah, the the Dodgers scored six runs in the series. Uh, the Diamondbacks scored six runs with one out in game one. <laughs> I mean, that's... Mookie Betts did not get a hit. 0 for 11. Freddie Freeman was 1 for 10. Wow. So those guys went 1 for 21. The two... Well, Mookie Betts will in all likelihood be second in the MVP voting. Freddie Freeman's a top four or five in MVP voting. Mm -hmm. One for 21 in the postseason. Crazy. Combined between the two of them. Um, for a 100-win team to not win a single postseason game is, is it's just, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And the Diamondbacks are just, I don't know what they have found here in the postseason, but, because it's not, they didn't come into the postseason hot. They lost the last four games. They got swept by the Astros in the final se series of the season and almost missed the playoffs. But somehow they have, 
turned it on here in the postseason and now just absolutely refused to lose. Uh, they took batting practice in the third inning off Lance Lynn last night. Um, they continue to hit home runs. It's just, uh, I mean, that they are an incredible story, but the Dodgers, like, that's insane that Mookie Betts, after the year he had, would not get a single hit in the postseason. Lance Lynn has given up a lot of bombs this year. I mean, he's got to be way up there in that category, which is not a category you want to be listed on. Four solo home runs in the fourth inning by the Diamondbacks. Not one, not two, not three. Four solo home runs, and that's all they needed. Dodgers scored a couple late, and the Diamondbacks went 4-2. Here's an interesting stat from our buddy Kerry Miller, who will join us in a little over a half hour. Five Major League Baseball teams won more than 90 games during the regular season. Braves won 104. They're still alive, though. Orioles, 101. Done. Dodgers, 100. Done. Rays, 99. Done. Brewers, 92. Done. They have gone to combine 1-12 in the postseason. Yeah, again, you got a 101-win team in the Orioles and a 100-win team in the Dodgers. Zero wins in the postseason. I mean, that's that, that just even makes sense. So what will the— You can't, you can't comprehend that that even being the, the a possibility. So what will the excuse be? Because all I keep hearing about is how the wild-card series is set up and as far as being able to get your, your starting pitchers back in the— Rotate. I mean, all this hogwash I keep hearing about it. Look, the bottom line is this. I don't care. And I say this about every sport. You know I say it. I say it a billion times. I don't care what you do in the regular season. You got to do, obviously, well enough to be in a position to be in the postseason, right? So you have to do well. But I don't care if you're seated one, if you're seated two, you're seated seven, whatever. What do you do in the postseason is all that matters. What do you do when it counts? The Dodgers, it's an epic failure. It's an epic failure. But think about the pitching issues that they have had. Think about the pitchers that they have brought in over the last four or five years and what has happened to all of them. I mean, they had to depend on Clayton Kershaw. At least we're spared Clayton Kershaw having to go out for game four. Clayton Kershaw, 107 years old. They've had problems from Trevor Bauer's issues. Well, Clayton to, Kershaw had a great year. Well, in the postseason, he's not. He's not good. That's my point. But Urias, Trevor Bauer going back to issues off the field, on the field, as far as injuries are concerned, Walker Bueller, uh, David Price. I mean, just on and on and on with these pitchers they've either drafted or brought in. So at least they have a little bit of an excuse. They don't have an excuse for going completely empty as far as hitting is concerned. But... The pitching, it's understandable. The pitching was was horrendous. Now, you can't have a payroll like that. You can't win that many games during the regular season and flame out in the postseason. Your fans are going to crush it, and that's what the Dodgers fans are doing. And some would say they're fair-weathered fans out there in California, but there are some passionate Dodgers fans that have been around for a while, and they are not happy. And I wouldn't be happy as well. You at least want an effort. All you can ask for is an effort. So... The Diamondbacks, the Rangers, the Astros. Who's that fourth team? Well, we could find out today. The Phillies now lead the Atlanta Braves two games to one with game four in Philly tonight. Philly won yesterday 10-2. to two. Bryce Harper, two home runs. Nick Castellanos at two home runs. They drilled pitching the Braves pitching. And I, look... If the Phillies didn't win that game, they were in deep trouble. You got Aaron Nola going. The Braves yesterday, when we were on the air, it was TBD and ended up being Elder, who ended up starting, and then a host of relief pitchers that couldn't do the job. But it's one game. It's a 2-1 lead. 
I've learned throughout the years not to get too excited. I don't get excited within a game, too excited, and I definitely don't get excited when a series isn't over. Until it's over, I can't get excited. And especially when you look at the situation. You have Spencer Strider going for the Braves. Now, the Phillies beat him in game one. But you got Spencer Strider, and if you don't beat Spencer Strider, you have to go to Atlanta and win game five. Again, the Phillies have won a game in Atlanta. It's it's still doable. But the Braves are still, they're not in the ideal position, but they're still in a good, pretty good position. But Strider, who's been great all year long, you know, is he going to be another one of those pitchers that were great during the regular season and bad in the postseason? He has to come through. Hopefully the Phillies bats stay as hot as they were yesterday and they wrap it up because it was fun just to watch the uh, the Braves' little chant going on in Philadelphia at Citizens Bank Park, the whole Bryce Harper situation, the stare down. Uh, it was a good night for the Phillies. Let's just put it that way. Oh, it was uh, that the, the Bryce Harper stare downs were just awesome and the atmosphere there was great. It was that was that's postseason baseball. I mean, that's uh, you want to make those little comments, then you got to end up being on the receiving end. Um, I thought it was fantastic. It was um, amazing to watch the, and it was Ernie Johnson in the post game. That, that was like it's weird. I I had no idea, but he talked about last year Braves Phillies, Phillies win game one, Braves win game two, game three. Phillies have a six-run third inning and win game three by eight runs. And then last night, they have a six-run third inning and win by eight runs after doing the same thing in games one and two. I I was like, dude, that is weird, weird stuff right there. But, uh, yeah, they just – they there was something about third innings last night because they had the big third inning. The Diamondbacks had the big third inning. There was something about third innings last night and home runs just flying out of ballparks um, in the National League. But, um, you know, it's – you're obviously in a great situation. Now the Braves cycle back to their top of their rotation, so it won't be easy, but um, another opportunity. And we could end up having an NLCS that doesn't have either the Dodgers or the Braves in it, which is just absolutely insane. And again, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I still think the Braves have a great chance, but you know what's going to happen tomorrow on the program if the Braves lose. I'm going to destroy them. Because again, you can't do what you do in the American League. You can't set records and then fizzle out. And that very well could happen. But again, you got to feel still pretty confident when you got Strider rolling up to the mound for game four. And then if you win that one, you get it back to Atlanta. But how about Bryce Harper? Bryce Harper is probably one of the most polarizing players in baseball. I, I don't think there's an argument there, maybe even in sports. But you can't deny how clutch that guy is. So I was tweeting yesterday, having some fun, saying he's he's the new Mr. October. And then, of course, our buddy Matt Stark comes back at me with big poppy David Ortiz. Yeah, I'm not arguing what David Ortiz did uh, for Boston. Unbelievable. Unbelievable postseason player and an amazing career Hall of Famer. But Bryce Harper is on that trajectory. Yesterday, by the way, he broke the record for most career home runs in an NLDS. He now, for his career, has 10. Ten home runs in the National League Divisional Series. The guy is a clutch player, right? I mean, there are times when he does boneheaded things like he did in Game 2 when he rounded second base and didn't wait on second base and got doubled off to end the game. Bryce Harper, you know, the big strikeout uh, in important situations. 
but so many clutch hits, so many clutch home runs. That's a guy you want in your foxhole. I don't care. I know Braves fans are cussing him up and down and everybody else around the league that's not a Phillies fan, but you want Bryce Harper in your team. No, he's, he's one of the best players in the game. I mean, it's bottom line. Like, I, I would love to have Bryce Harper on any team. Um, dude can flat out mash. And um, coming back from the injury the way he did, everything else, like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I love the stare downs. I think it's great. You know, Arcea's, so I didn't, you know, that wasn't meant for him to hear. Well, the, if you you're heard gonna, it. If you're going to say stuff, like, there's a chance that it's going to get back to somebody. So, that's just going to be what it is. So why say it? What? Why do these players and coaches continue to say things? I guess you don't believe in bold and bore material because it's real. It's real and it's spectacular. It, 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 they use it to fuel the fire. Deion Sanders is using it to fuel the fire. Most people do it. They take it, even if it wasn't meant to be. Let's say situations where it was like seriously said. Or it was a joke, tongue in cheek, not meant to be heard, like in this case. Don't say it. It comes back. It gets out there. It's not always the difference maker, but it is an awful lot of times. Don't give them extra ammunition. Don't don't give them. I, I can tell you firsthand. You know, Memphis is not about to do that when they get ready to play Tulane. All it is is respect for Tulane. And rightly so. They deserve the respect. They're not going to say something stupid because they're the underdogs in this particular game. They are going to play it the way you should, with respect for your opponent. That's the way you should. You can trash talk all you want after it's over. But before, don't give them extra ammunition. And that's what happens too much in sports because of pride. Egos. Uh, Drew texted and says the Dodgers... Uh, cut payroll this year. They weren't supposed to be as good as they were in the regular season. Well, even with cutting payroll, they're spending a lot of money. And it's a, the bottom line is they have two of the top, again, two guys are probably going to finish top four, at least top five in the MVP voting. And they got swept by the last seed, a team that they have generally dominated when they play in the regular season. Their Hall of Fame pitcher gave up six runs and got one out in the inning or in the series. Now, I this is still, I don't care what they are or whatever, this is still a massive disaster for the Dodgers. Is this guy really, really trying to make excuses for the Dodgers? <laughs> are you really doing that? Seriously? I mean, I gave you an excuse when I talked about the pitching and the problems they have had. The Dodgers are sixth in payroll. Only the Mets, Yankees, Padres, Texas Rangers, and Phillies have a higher payroll. The Astros are right behind the Dodgers. The Arizona Diamondbacks are 21st in payroll. 21st, and it's not even close. Not even close. I mean, quickly, ready? Name five players on the Diamondbacks. They're led by a rookie who most people have not heard of. Don't, don't, don't make excuses for the Dodgers. It's an epic failure. End of story. End of story. And it goes beyond Betts and Freeman. They got other guys who could rake on that team. None of them hit in this series. Oh, Will Smith did. Okay, Will Smith did. Will Smith did. Well, after, announce, after announcing that he has been separated from his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, for that many years that we didn't know about, you know, it's understandable he, he hit the ball well. It's an epic failure. Stop and he's it. he's not just a slap hitter. No, Will Smith, I, I, I bet a lot on him hitting home runs. Believe me. <laughs> I did it all year long. So That was a joke. The slap. Oh, I got you, I got you, I got you. 
But I do, I do do those bets. Yeah, that one got over my head. Came, came back off the wall. Well, I'm tired of that talk yesterday either. I mean, can you believe it? I mean, what? How it was kept a secret, first of all, for all those years. Second of all, you really went after Chris Rock when she's not even, you're not even with her. All right. I digress. I go off on a tangent here. But please, don't make excuses for the Dodgers. Just like if the Braves lose, and they get I'm not going to sit here and say it's over because I'm not one of those guys. If it is, don't make excuses for them either. Uh, Dodgers fan texted in. Upset Dodgers fan. Good. Says, you're absolutely right. We got our ass kicked. They, well, they, yeah, they got completely hidden. Scored six runs in the series, which, I, again, that's just like astonishing that that team would only score six runs in a series. Do you remember how hot the Dodgers got the last two months of the year? Because for a while there, you know, Arizona was a great story early as it looked like maybe they would upset both the Dodgers, the Padres, and win the West. Dodgers ended up winning that division by 16 games. Mm-hmm. By 16 games. Again, they were in second place for a long time. The last two months, they crushed everybody. Absolutely crushed. Because then there was the talk well, maybe Mookie Betts should win the MVP over Ronald Acuna Jr. And we said, no. No, Betts is having a great year. But like you said, Betts, Freeman, one of 21 combined? Come on. That's crazy. All right, a couple of more things, and then we'll take a quick timeout. Again, we'll talk more baseball with Kerry Miller coming up at 745. Grizzlies tonight in action against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, we'll see. Maybe Marcus Smart goes. Maybe he doesn't. Grizzlies have three more preseason games to go, including tonight's game against Atlanta. The remaining three are all on the road before they start things off for keeps on the 25th of October as they will play at home against the New Orleans Pelicans. NFL, week number six will kick off tonight with the Broncos and the Chiefs. Broncos 1-4, and four, the Chiefs 4-1. and one. Yeah, can't imagine that game will be close, even though they're rivals. Uh, it, it would not appear so. Broncos are uh, are pretty bad. That's just in. Broncos are pretty bad. Any word on Travis Kelsey and his availability? Uh, they say he's expected to play. Okay. Because he's been limited practice. I don't know if Taylor's practice. expected to be there or not. No, nah, she's getting she, ready to go back on tour. I don't know if she'll be but, there. Uh, but he is, uh, for what I saw yesterday, uh, while limited in practice, they do expect him to play. Okay. And then one final thing. Yesterday I brought up... Um, ESPN's top 100 NBA players, their countdown to the start of the season. And it was the top, it was 51 through 100 yesterday. And I wasn't sure when they were going to drop the top 50. Well, I don't know if they dropped the entire top 50, but I know where they put John Morant, as that was announced yesterday. He dropped 26 spots from number nine, where he was ranked last season, to number 35 this season. And of course, he responded with his usual emojis. Um, but most of this, even in the synopsis of why he's where he's at, it was basically talking about off the court, the 25-game suspension and all that. I, I don't know why you bring that into your criteria, but John Morant on the court, a healthy John Morant, there are not 34 players better than him in the NBA. No, there are not. What was that list again? You said it averaged to about maybe 17 Somewhere 15. Yeah, 15. 15. Yeah, you had a bunch of the different uh, services that, that do those countdowns and have their top 100 players, and that was pretty much the average of where Ja was. But ESPN's got him that low. I mean, is it 
ESPN's teaching him a lesson. You don't do the things you do off the court, Ja, because we will penalize you by... What? It's all about what you do on the court. And yes, he will not be on the court for the first 25 games, but that's not even a factor here. It's not depending on how many games you play, and we're not talking about MVP, preseason MVP voting or any of that stuff. If you're going to be all NBA, this is just the best players in the NBA going into the 23-24 season. And John Morant, for some reason, again, apparently off the court issues, drops 26 spots. Number nine, he was a top 10 player last year, and now all of a sudden he's going to be number 35? I don't buy it. I think he's going to come back with vengeance. He's going to be terrific. He's going to help the Grizzlies a lot, and he's taking notices. It's There's that bold and bored material that we talked about, but this didn't come from a fellow player. And Marcus Smart is not playing tonight. Taylor Jenkins said that yesterday. Oh, he's already, um, okay. Will he play a game, though, before they start? He said he's coming along, and they hope to get him out there, but they don't, they're just... As he said, they're not they're they're not going to compromise. They're going to force him out there to compromise. Of course not. They're, they're going to see and but they they hope to get him out there in the preseason. And what's the point. issue? What's the issue with him? Abdominal strain oh, yeah. or something. Yeah. I think it is. I know what it is, my friend. But I'm up here working. Anyway, very similar to what he does. No, it doesn't matter about what we do for a profession. Mine's more serious than his. He could play if he needed to play. But yes, I understand it's a preseason. Why throw him out there? Folks, Genesis Diamonds, located in the Poplar Comet Shopping Center, Poplar and Perkins Extended, has changed the diamond game. It's changed the jewelry game here in Memphis. Go by, check them out. If you're thinking about getting engaged, if you've got some special uh, anniversary or any other special occasion coming up that you're looking for some jewelry for a special somebody, go see the folks at Genesis Diamonds. Amazing selection. Diamond rings, earrings, pendants, bracelets, thousands of engagement rings, Colored gemstone jewelry, all in one place, an amazing selection of everything you could imagine, plus all of it at amazing prices that you won't believe the value that you're getting by cutting out the middleman with direct importer prices and a great staff to serve you as well. If you've got that special occasion coming up and you need some fine jewelry, don't buy anywhere else until you at least go check it out, go see and go have the experience at Genesis Diamonds. I promise you, you're going to love it. You're going to be blown away. Again, located in the Poplar Commons Shopping Center. That's at Poplar and Perkins Extended. Go by, check it out, see for yourself the whole new experience you can get in jewelry shopping here in Memphis at Genesis Diamonds. Is there more of a Teflon Don in college basketball than Bill Self? If you missed that story from yesterday, we'll talk about it when we return. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I got a little change in my pocket going jingle-lang-lang. Wants to call you on the telephone, baby. Welcome back, everyone. 7.30 the time. Hour number one here on Sports 56 Mornings. Love this song. Coming up a little bit later on in the hour, Kerry Miller from Bleacher Report on Major League Baseball. Hour two, we're Tigers two-lane heavy. Corey Glore, the voice 
of the Tulane Green Wave will join us at 8.05, then at about 8.25 or so. We'll have the Tiger football report. And then 9 to 10, it's the Autos and Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. We'll have both Cedric Miller and Slade Calhoun. They're the two coaches for the annual Autos and Liberty Bowl High School All-Star Game. They will join us. Harold will be here. We'll have our world-famous pick six as well. So yesterday there was uh, news from the college basketball world that Kansas, the University of Kansas, the basketball program, and Coach Bill Self will not face any additional serious punishment stemming from the FBI's 2017 investigation into college basketball. They are on a three-year probation, and they're going to have to vacate the 2018 Final Four appearance and all the wins from that season. So, Eli, erase that from your brain. You got it? Really wasn't in my brain to begin with. Well, if it was, make sure it's out of your brain because you can't remember it now. Um, Self and Kansas, they did have, and and also assistant coach Curtis Townsend were given – a suspension for the first four games of this season, self-imposed by the University of Kansas. But other than that, from the NCAA, nothing serious. I remember in 2017 vividly when these stories started to come out about all this stuff that they had on wiretap and the FBI's involvement, and it involved a number of schools, Louisville and I believe Arizona, LSU maybe was involved. It could be different time periods, but all basically in the last five, six years. And I thought some heads were really going to roll, that it was going to be because they had them. Now, LSU went out and they fired Will Wade. They got ahead of it. Uh, Arizona got rid of Seth, uh, excuse me, Sean Miller. So they got ahead of it. But as far as what the NCAA did from all the investigation, from all the wiretapping, from all the FBI investigation, was not much at all. Even the, even the Louisville situation, a couple of the assistant coaches um, have served um, jail time, in fact. And, and a couple of them have served, um, what do you call it, when you, uh, you're not allowed to coach for five years. Show cause. Show cause. But really, it wasn't that big a deal from what it looked like it was going to be. Well, the, the whole, I mean, clearly, once again, this show's... The smart move by all of these programs was to go the IARP route. Um, we saw it here with Memphis. We see it with Kansas. Um, we saw it with every basically every case that the IARP has done. They've done mm-hmm. basically nothing. Right. Like they've they've it has been a slap on the wrist. So um, the ones that you know any program that was in trouble that did not go the IARP route, they just they made a big mistake because the IARP just didn't care um, about handing out any severe punishment. For Bill Self to go from like five level one violation accusations to end up with one level three violation, that is some like Houdini stuff. Like that is. That's why I said he's the Teflon Don. He is the guy who right now it rolls off his back. It doesn't penetrate his armor. That is. I mean, that's amazing. Like that's just absolutely crazy to have that much of a change in what was your personal accusations um yeah i don't but but yeah the irp i i guess that's probably why they're doing away with it because it's always like well you guys don't do anything to anybody you're you're just you we you get these cases and just basically like yeah no you don't we don't care you guys whatever it's so weird i know they were different eyes that looked at these cases but they basically were a subsidiary of the NCAA. 
And you're right, to disband after, what, five, six cases? I mean, what a joke. What a joke from the beginning. But you're right. If you hitched your wagon to the IARP, like in the case of Memphis, you got pretty much a slap on the wrist. So it worked out pretty well. But Bill Self, I don't know what it is about Bill Self. Look, I know the guy can coach. I know he can recruit. But you're telling me that there weren't a bunch of cheats on that team in 2008? We know the whole Darrell Arthur thing. But Memphis was the one obviously got hit with Derrick Rose. Just crazy how they are able to escape and escape. And again, if you're a Kansas fan, are you crying this morning because you have to vacate that Final Four? You know they were there. You were probably at the games, for goodness sakes. You have to vacate those wins from 2018. Boo-hoo! You're not going to be able to put that banner up there with the other 8,000 banners you have? Come on. It's ridiculous. Bill Self is the Teflon Don of college basketball coaches. He's uh he's he's one of the guys that knows what he's doing. It's he 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 knows how to get away with it. That's John Calipari knows how to get away with it. Bill Self knows how to get away with it and come out of it unscathed. Hey man, bury the bodies, make sure nobody knows where those bodies are buried, only you know. Swallow the key, if you will. Any pun is is applicable at this time for these coaches that just don't get touched. They don't get touched, and they've been they've been messing around with the rules as most have for years and years and years. All right, I thought this was interesting, uh, but not surprising. Interesting though, Adam Rittenberg from ESPN tweeting out. Um, I guess he's gone through every single game so far this year in college football to this point. Okay, I'll ask you. And we'll see what you have to say about this. Out of all the games involving FBS schools, what do you? What would you say the percentage out of 100% would be of transfer quarterbacks starting games this year? Got 133 FBS teams. Transfer quarterbacks starting games this year. I would say probably half. Yeah, you're, you're right on. 53%. So a little bit more than half have started. 53%. When you think about before the portal, what do you think it was? 10%? Quarterbacks were coming back unless they were going to the NFL or used up their eligibility. They were coming back. There were a few transfers. There, there just wasn't that many transfers. So now more than half of the quarterbacks starting, I'm not even talking about other positions, half of the starting quarterbacks transfer portal guys and there's an of that other half that aren't mm-hmm. a lot of those will end up transferring yes yes and could have transferred like in the case of seth hennigan he could have transferred stayed at the university of memphis i mean you think about the names around the country of guys who have transferred pretty amazing really and shadur sanders of course one of the biggest names out there now getting that first round grade for the nfl sam hartman of course, Notre Dame, a uh, few out there in the Pac-12. DJ Uyunglele is one of them. Uh, Brendan Armstrong's another guy. Well, who's I mean, all the Pac-12 guys. I mean, Penix, Nix, Williams. But Nix transferred. Yeah, but he. Tra- I think. I want. Yeah, I wonder if he's looking at guys that just transferred this past year or have transferred. Period. No, it's transferred. Period. Yeah, because I mean, Bo Nix is his second year with Oregon. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, all of, I mean, you're right. Yeah, I was yeah, just thinking of all the Pac-12, every one of the Pac-12 quarterbacks almost as a transfer. Michael Panics. Yeah, I was just I mean, thinking of guys. All the top quarterbacks of the country pretty much are. Right, right. No, you're right. I was just thinking of like guys maybe that were in their first year. But you're right. I, I think this is uh, guys who have transferred, period, to their new schools. 53% so far of games uh, this year. I mean, Quinn Ewers. Like yeah, said, Hartman. yeah, yeah. I mean, Again, second year. Down, but could go down the, the list of just find all the best quarterbacks. Most of them probably transfer because it's just the way it, it, the way it is. Yeah, I mean, but you look at some of the teams near Dylan the— Gabriel, just beat Quinn Ewers. But you look at some of the teams at the top right now. You have Florida State. Jordan Travis has been there forever, right? You have, let's see, Ohio State's got the homegrown kids, right? They had the battle between the two. They weren't transfers, I don't believe. Uh, Michigan has McCarthy— He's not a transfer, is he? No, I don't. He's, he came, I believe he came in there. Right. Obviously, Bama's dealing with their own quarterbacks. One's a transfer that started a game. Buckner. Did he start a game or did he come in relief? He started. Yeah, so there's there's one game there that they would fall into the category. But yeah, no point well taken. Folks, this hour of the program is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. Of course, East Memphis Ace Hardware is a platinum big green egg dealer, so I spent a lot of time there. Getting accessories, egg accessories for my big green egg. It's where I got my big green egg. Was at East Memphis Ace Hardware. They get all the eggs, all the different sizes, all the different accessories that you want. Plus, of course, so much more when it comes to paint, doing yard work, whatever it is. All the supplies that you need. They've got a massive selection of paint there at East Memphis with the Benjamin Moore paints. Yard work. The leaves are starting to fall. It's that time of year. You need stuff, rakes and bags, all of that other stuff. Well, they've got you taken care of over at East Memphis Ace Hardware with a great staff to help you as well. Go check them out. They're at the corner of Quince and White Station in East Memphis. And uh, the the you know the big box stores you don't need to be going there. Go to go to the local go to the local places like East Memphis Ace Hardware at corner of Quince and White Station. More MLB playoff talk with Kerry Miller. He's next. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11 here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Before we bring on Kerry, we did have a texter who corrected what I said about Jordan Travis. I had no idea, or at least I forgot that Jordan Travis actually began his career at Louisville, played three games in 2018, transferred to Florida State in 2018. That's why I said he's been around Florida State forever, because he has. He's been around there for five years. But, yep, technically, he is a transfer, another quarterback who's starting that started somewhere else. Time now to talk some Major League Baseball playoffs with Kerry Miller from Bleacher Report. You can follow him on Twitter at Karen's James. He joins us now. And, Kerry, then there were five and uh, a lot of surprises. I saw your tweet about the teams that won well over 90, some over 100, and their record mm-hmm. in the postseason. I mean, is there is there a reason for their ineptness? Is it, can you chalk it up to something, or is it just one of those things? Yeah, I think it's just it's just one of those things. Uh, it, with each 
passing day of this postseason. I'm I'm feeling more and more like it's the the 2023 men's basketball NCAA tournament, mm. right? It's just, it's just even down to the point of like during the basketball season, everybody was all in on Connecticut early, and then they kind of faded, and then they came on strong. I feel like we were the same with the Texas Rangers, right? Back in May, June, we were starting to believe that they were legitimately the best team. And then I, I remember talking with you guys around the trade deadline. Once they got Max Scherzer, Jordan Montgomery, I was like, oh, my, they're, yep. they're going to win it all. And then they faded a little bit. Now, all of a sudden, they're back. And all the ones, twos, and three seeds might be gone. It's just it, it's very similar to the, the dance from six months ago. So it's very strange. But I don't I don't think you know, everybody's been kind of freaking out about the playoff format. It's the same as it's always been. It's just you mm-hmm. added a couple more teams, so there's more randomness. That's right. the way it's yeah. going to be. Right. That's a, I mean, baseball in a lot of ways is a random sport, um, and so you you throw more in there. I mean, the, the the Diamondbacks is just crazy to me because it's not like they got hot at the end of the regular season. They they barely got in because they lost. They got swept in their final game or final series, and then they get in. You know, immediately fall behind to the Brewers in game one, come back win. Immediately fall behind in game two, come back and win. And then just turn around and dominate the Dodgers like it was nothing. It's 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 just it's bizarre what sometimes happens in baseball. Yeah, I mean, I think that when I was talking with you last week, I, I mentioned that, you know, Kershaw had really struggled with the Diamondbacks, uh, you know, this best sluggers. Like, I was worried whether that would actually be an advantage for the, the Dodgers. Obviously, it ended up not being one, but I, I certainly didn't expect. I saw... Um, forget if it was uh, John Morosi or Joel Sherman. Somebody said after Lance Lynn's appearance last night, like he dropped their starter's ERA for the postseason from like 40.5 to 25.7 or something ridiculous. (laughs) They just got unbelievably shelled. And we were worried about their rotation for sure. I mean, they had injury issues all season long. And then when, you know, Urias got suspended in early September, it was like, oh my gosh, what what are they even going to do? And then Kershaw got lit up and, yeah, this was obviously our concern with the Dodgers, but even at that, I mean, I, I can't imagine anybody expected Arizona to sweep that series. That's insane to me. Well, I don't think there's many people that expect them to win this series. Let's let's be honest, and I don't want to pile on the mm-hmm. Dodgers. You're right, because I talked about it at the start of the show about the pitching issues with the injuries, with the off-the-field issues, and that's a decent excuse, but there's no excuse for all those hitters that come up empty in a three-game series, ended up being a three-game series, but... To go into that series against Arizona and to have Freddie Freeman and to have um, uh, Betts, Mookie Betts, go one of 21, I I, mm-hmm. I mean, come on now. Nobody expects that to happen. So they completely went empty, uh, and there's no excuse for that, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Freeman was a career, like, 296. I think he had a 970-something OPS in his postseason career coming into these playoffs, and he had one single where he had to slide into first base to beat <laughs> Zach Allen there, uh, and, and I guess it was game two, and then that's going over eleven. I mean, I, I think he had a three-game hitless streak back in April, and that, that was the only one. Like it, it's unheard of, and he even and then he, with with the Braves as well didn't score a run until like the fifteenth yeah. inning of their postseason. I mean, it's just it's weird how these best teams. I mean, I know you have that little whatever six-day layoff, whatever it was, but. That's supposed to be an advantage. Uh, I don't know why. You know, it's not like teams come back from the All Star break and all mm-hmm. of a sudden everybody forgets how to hit the ball. Exactly. I just don't get why such a layoff would be a problem. Well, you mentioned you mentioned the Braves, and I'm being very cautiously optimistic about the Phillies. I I, I understand the situation. You got Strider. You beat him once. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Going to be very tough to beat them twice. But if you can, obviously you go on to the NLCS. If you don't, Atlanta gets game five. So I don't think this one's over by any stretch of the imagination. But boy, did the Braves not fuel the fire, especially with Bryce Harper yesterday? Yeah, he's, what a what a strange thing for him to get so motivated by. Right? <laughs> just having somebody tell you, like, hey, add a boy Harper. Read any comment on any article on the internet, and you'll be ready to go hit a bunch of home runs, man. I, maybe, maybe he does. Just, maybe he does, Kerry. Yeah, yeah he, uh, th- those stare downs were, were pretty comical during that blowout last night. Um, we'll, we'll see, like you said, Strider on the, on the hill today for Atlanta. That could be a series changer. Um, but yeah, it, it feels like, feels like the Phillies are, are, are going to pull it off this year. Wait, wait, I, wait. I don't want to overstep my boundaries. No, no, I, do, do man, not. They've been red hot. Do not overstep your boundaries. And it, I, I kind of sense something in your voice about Harper. It, it, it's not because he's a former Nat, is it? Because he. he oh, no, no. You, no. Know, you don't seem to be inspired by what he uses to, to flame the fire, if you will, inside him. Because I love it. I love the stare down. I love what Harper's doing. No, I, I have nothing against the Washington Nationals North, better known as the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, I, I still I love Trey Turner. I love Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper. We will do too. A special place in my heart. I got a bunch of bunch of shirts and jerseys still hanging around my closet somewhere. So go ahead, get whatever motivation you need, Bryce. I hear you. Okay, why why in baseball do they not? Reseed basically why like why are the Braves not playing were they not playing the Diamondbacks I don't understand I was why asked they that as well get yeah. the lowest seed remaining yeah I, I don't I honestly don't know either I mean I know that they just went to the like there wouldn't have been reseeding until last year mm-hmm. and I don't know if if whatever with like the you know the lockout if they just forgot to consider that maybe they'll change <laughs> it in the future but yeah I don't I don't I don't know why that's not a thing because you're like you're saying, the the number one seed should have the biggest advantage, right? If the six yeah. seed advances, like if it happens in the NFL, right, the the one seed gets to face the lowest seed. I don't, I don't know why we don't do that in baseball. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I, I I I can't imagine it. You know, again, if they can do it in other sports, I don't know why you like for travel or whatever. I don't know why you wouldn't be able to do it in mm-hmm. baseball. Like it I seems agree. like it would be logical that hey, when the wild card series ends. Or then we'll take the lowest seed. They play the best, highest seed, and and we go from there. But I don't. It's just, it's strange, and I don't know that it's going to make any would make any difference. But it's just, it's weird. Baseball always seems to do some weird things. That's that's the problem. <laughs> and then they change it. Then and then they, they'll fix it. But well, yeah, I was I asked about that as well. Baseball in the postseason, that we we have umpires down the line. Their only job basically is to decide whether a home run ball is fair or foul, and we can't, they keep screwing up <laughs> if that play up. Still can't handle it. Yeah, I mean. I mean I'd, it, it certainly the reseeding thing is certainly not for like TV scheduling purposes, right? Because even after the all of the the wild card sweeps happened, we had to wait like yeah twelve hours to find out when the next games were scheduled. Like I don't even know what they're doing. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, ALCS, and you have an all Texas affair, Rangers and yeah. Astros. Can you put in the words what the Astros have done? Seventh straight year making it to the ALCS. As far as the annals of history, I mean that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I think they six was already the record. I believe. I think they set their own record last year. Now they're breaking it this year. And you know, as we've been discussing, obviously, as the field as the postseason expands, it's harder to for the best teams to advance. Now this year, the Astros were not the best team. They got the two seed almost on a technicality at the end of the regular right, season, right? But, 
yeah, it's it's crazy. And you know, they're, they're, I think they have Altuve and Bregman for one more year. Uh, maybe after that, they'll, they'll start to come back to earth. But they might be able to make it eight. They might be able to win another World Series. I mean, it's it, it's wild. But they, it's certainly a you know, in October, it's very much a confidence thing more so than a talent thing. And obviously, they have that confidence for having you know been there, done that. And the thing too, and now granted, if Altuve and Bregman at some point maybe it catches up with you, but we've seen guys leave. We saw Garrett Cole leave. We've seen uh, Springer leave. We've seen mm-hmm. Correa leave. Like they they lose guys, and then they just replace them, and they're still right back. There. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if they hadn't uh, retraded for Verlander, I, I don't know if they even make the playoffs, let alone win the AL West. And now it looks like they have, yeah, between Verlander and Valdez, they're right up there with the Phillies with the Nolan and Wheeler and um, you know, probably the best ro- rotation at this point just because of that one move. Um, but yeah, they're like I said, they're, they believe they can do it and they have no reason not to believe that after what they've done the last six years, the, uh, the Braves. And I, I, I think the Astros is the American league record. The Braves went to eight straight NLCSs. The but during, during the great run where they it, won one World Series. It was Series, interrupted right? by the 94 strike year where there wasn't mm-hmm. a postseason, yeah. but they went to eight straight NLCSs. Yeah, it was a great it was a great feat. And again, the one World Series title. All right, so the uh, Astros and the Rangers uh, in the American League Championship Series. Who do you got? I honestly haven't even started thinking ahead yet. It's just I'm just so blown away by the matchups that we've gotten. I, I, I feel like the Rangers are you know, really on fire right now. I'll probably end up picking them, even though they are, you know, they'll be at a home field disadvantage in that series. I, I don't, it's hard to care about that at this point in the mm-hmm. postseason. Um, yeah, it, it, it'll, it'll really hinge on if John Gray is available to come back from the IL, how much Max Scherzer is able to give them. I know he was, they thought maybe he could have pitched one inning in the ALDS if they needed him, but they decided not to put him on the roster. He might be available to the ALCS, so that would be a, uh, a huge boon for them. I mean, heading into the playoffs, we were thinking he might be their closer uh, if he was able to pitch at all, just because of how questionable their bullpen was all season. Now, all right. of a sudden, you know, through five games, they have like a two-three bullpen ERA. It's ridiculous, but I, I think my pick will hinge on the health of their rotation. I'll put it that way. Yeah, but Bruce Bochy, what he has done after three World Series titles in San Francisco, locking horns with Dusty Baker, two of the elder statesmen of the game, Bruce coming out of retirement, fantastic job, but two guys who have been around the game for a long time going at it. Yeah, that's going to be a, a fantastic managerial matchup for sure. Um, I, I think it was Ryan Fagan from uh, Sporting News pointed out the other day that uh, Bochy is like, has missed the postseason like 70% of the time in the last like decade and a half. But when he makes the playoffs, he has like a 70% winning percentage. So <laughs> right. Kind, of, it like a, every kind other... of a reverse Aaron Boone situation. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> and it seemed like it was like every other year that the Giants were getting in and they were winning the whole yeah. darn thing. So should be a lot of fun. Of course, Kerry will have you covered at Bleacher Report. Follow him on Twitter at Karen's James. And uh, catch him next week. He'll be on same time, same uh, same bat station to talk uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. <laughs> really appreciate it, Carrie. Thank you so much. Have a great week. You got it. Take care, guys. You too. All right, that's hour one in the books. 
We go to hour number two after the top of the hour break, and we will talk plenty of Memphis and Tulane with the huge game tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, from Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, both teams 4-1. and one. First, we'll hear from the voice of the Tulane Green Wave, Corey Glore, and then our Tiger football reporters will break down the Tigers and Tulane. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.